1: I want winners. I want people that want to win.
0: All right, welcome to We Want Winners, our post-game recap, Super Wild Card Sunday. This is the first playoff game that we've had to talk about, Rod. And, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but I think it just needs to be stated, last year when the Warriors made, made their run, Brian and I started the podcast during the playoffs. So might be some good first year luck with, uh, with these shows here that we're doing, but, um, uh, four diners win. They, they pull away in the second half. Uh, old Pete was able to keep it close in the first half and that'll be our first point. But overall just, you know, last year they made a terrific run, but they were the low seed this year. They're expected to do well. How were your jitters? How were how was your anxiety? How confident were you while we were
1: watching this game today? Well, uh, it ended up kind of how I thought it would go, but I must say I it didn't feel good at halftime because the Seahawks. Although, granted, we've done this before, (laughs) where we pitched the um, second half shutout, but they had. And it turned out kind of that last touchdown, um, notwithstanding, I had them with three scores for the game pregame. And so for them to have 17 at halftime was um, a bit disconcerting. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, I was giving my friends on 49er Facebook, a bit of a razzing because <laughs> Brock looked he looked a little skittish there. Did, Those first did. five throws were um they were pretty rough. But um overall um it it kind of played out the way I thought it would in totality that um simply even if they were able to get some stuff done offensively, I didn't think they could put enough drives together to um to beat us for a full game because I figured the defense would figure it out and our their defense is pretty bad and yeah. I figured we'd be able to kinda, you know, call our shots. Um if as I had said pregame, as long as we didn't turn the ball over and have like a one hundred yard penalty game. Yeah. Or knock knock somebody got injured. Um I thought, you know, we'd be able to handle them pretty pretty um pretty thoroughly and that's kind of how it played out
0: okay let's hit let's go to my first point and this show is probably going to be mostly positive but i gotta give old pete some credit man he had a half of a game plan that was performed excellently by his squad gino was near perfect and uh, and I'm talking about in the first half. In the second half, things change, and it really countered our defense's aggression because you could see the Niners were chomping at the bit to get Geno, and Bosa was chomping at the bit to get Geno, and all of their stuff was either run or quick passes, and so the Niners defense wasn't even able to play up to. Um, uh, up to their greatness because they were sort of fighting uh, against a team that was kind of trying to make sure that they weren't able to be aggressive. So I thought it was a really strong first half by Pete. And like you, talent is talent and the better team. I I felt that the Niners were going to win the game, even though the, you know, with the Jimmy Ward penalty at the end and the field goal to, to push the, the game to 18, 17, you know, there were moments where you're like, okay, like, we've seen stuff happen like this before where all of a sudden they're just able to run the ball and they're just able to keep the ball out of Purdy's hands. And it's, you know, Gino making smart plays. And all of a sudden it's kind of a nail biter going into the end, but they really only had the first half that they, they, they were not perfect in the second half and the Niners really capitalized. But uh, did, did you have any fear of shanahan's sort of and 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 i don't think we can even say shanahan is unproven in the postseason i think he's got like a four and two postseason record now he's been to the super bowl he's been to the nfc championship game so that is sort of out the door but he does have this reputation that that can can come where you know the nine the the, the, the team gets a lead and and the other team can come back uh, sometimes you kind of wonder about how reputations work and cold feet here and there I personally believe a lot of that stuff for Shanahan is kind of out the back door but you know there's still questions about him in big games did you have any fear of
2: that
1: not really but I want to just the second what you said about the Seahawks they did a lot of really good things in the first half um they for actually the Two quarters and then seven eighths of the third quarter, they pretty much neutralized our front. Yeah. Um we had at like with like two forty-two left in the third quarter, we had one sack and one quarterback hit. We subsequently got the sack fumble and recovery after that. But um that was a problem. The 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 fact that Mooney was having a hell of a time with Metcalf gave us issues because then we kind of had to play coverage, and when you're not, if you're playing coverage and you're not getting pressure, there are a lot of openings, and they were finding them. Gino was Gino was throwing dimes, so they gave us you know they gave us some fits, but um, like you say, they made we made adjustments, and then we started you know, showing pressure, which wasn't getting home, but then they had to adjust to a showing pressure, which freed up other, and it, it was just a real nice chess match. The pressure, not only the pressure of the actual players, but the pressure of, <coughs> excuse me, the um defensive scheme and then the talent, just got to them and then the penalty started and then it was just kind of a snowball kind of thing in the second half. But, um, it was, it was a really well-played second half by us. And then, you know, the, the Seahawks, um, for a, you know, a 10 point dog, they really, they really showed well on the road. Um, it was it was a good first half for them, and if I were you know them and their fans, I, I think you can hold your head high. They 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 did about as well as could have been expected of them.
0: I think they got a lot of picks coming for this rush trade.
1: Oh yeah, I thought I thought they were going to be in the mix for a top three pick um, at the onset. So they were far better than I could have ever and them and especially Gino yeah. was were far better than I could have ever imagined. Um so, you know, I nobody, you know, anybody everybody but one team is gonna be disappointed at the end of the season. But um I'm not I, I just just fundamentally am not a Super Bowl or bus guy. I think that even in a year short of a championship you can find things to to be um to find positives and things to build on. Um so I think they definitely um the arrows are pointing up. Um who knows, you know, we talk about teams winning trades and it's hard to say um this close to it, but it, it appears that they um they did very well yeah in that rush trade so far. Yeah, and the
0: the Niners um they regrouped their that has been a strength of their team because they don't always come out hot. So, you know, the second half of the schedule where they dominated, there were some bad teams mixed into there. So there were some games where they would get to jump on teams, but you know, they, they have shown an ability to, to make those changes at halftime and and come out and, and play good football. Though offensively, because of what Kyle does, they are a better second quarter team than any other quarter yeah, uh, if you just go by the the total points and then average amount per game, but not this, not today. They were definitely a third quarter team today, so that was nice to see them be able to, you know, show some, uh, show some strength in, in the adversity, especially with a, a young QB who we'll talk about here in a second. Um. All right. So the next thing I want to talk about is, I want to step back a little bit and, and talk kind of big picture about this offense, because, you know, when Shanahan was signed to be the coach, the idea was like, this guy is a, is a football lifer. He comes from a background where his dad was not only a great offensive coordinator, but a great head coach as well. So he's got the pedigree and he's just, you know, you hear all of these stories about Shanahan as a 14 year old kid you know, running the communications to the headsets for his dad's team. And so early in his career, he's just kind of following his dad. And then at some point, you know, he's leading that Atlanta offense, which leads him to us. And from the second he got here, it was really about what he could do with the, with the pieces that we had. And in some situations, make, you know, do better with the pieces than necessarily the talent would suggest this season is I I have to believe this is his dream season if he was to put the 49er offense uh into a blender to spit out the most perfect smoothie uh, of of weapons that that he could find this is it with the one exception of who was playing qb1 and that is still to be determined now I think I believe Shanahan can run out running back fullback, two wide receivers, tight end, and all of those positions are damn near interchangeable. That has to be his dream scenario of being able to take that unit and basically spit out any sort of creativity that he wants. And now we'll see Purdy in the second half, was awesome at what was out there and and in the first half n- not so much but like this ha- like if he if he is is putting a little I'm sure he's putting a little bit of pressure on himself saying I finally have everything that I've ever asked for and it's you just said it's you're not of a super bowl or bust mentality but I kind of wonder if Shanahan's a super bowl or bust and if Lynch is super bowl or bust because they made that CMC trade like there's got to be some, some scenario here where Shanahan's like, this, this may be the best shot I ever have in my career at winning a title based on what, based on the talent that we have.
1: Well, again, I, it, this is a very good opportunity, but again, like I say, I don't, I don't really play those games. Cause you know, if we look at the example of, you know, somebody like Andy Reed who in Philly had that, and, you know, it it, it followed him to Kansas City that, that he was a good coach but couldn't win the big game, and he had several opportunities. I think of that team with, you know, when T.O. was, you know, at the peak of his powers, um, and they didn't win it. Um, so, well, they'll never, you know, he'll never have his team. You know, that that's his best shot, and then, you know, Pat Mahomes happens. Yeah, so, exactly. while I don't know that, you know, it. This is definitely a, a a great opportunity. It's funny your caption on the slide. I was. It reminds of a conversation I was having with somebody about the Warriors um, several days ago, and we were got it, were talking about how what's happened in the league was like Nelly's. Yeah, you know his Nelson, yeah. wet dream yeah. um of how, you know, kind of positionless, you know, kind of centerless basketball. Yeah. And you know, it was, it just came, you know, 20 years too, you know, too late for him. But um yeah, I I absolutely agree that from everything that I can tell with Kyle, if if he could, you know, In his wildest dreams, like the like his dream offense, this has to be it. You know, you know we had there was that one route where you had Debo. I mean, that one play where you have Debo in the backfield with Juice in front of him, and then Christian catches a pass out of the slot. Come on, that's just (laughs) crazy. (laughs) that's crazy i mean that that it has to be pretty fun for him somebody who is a a whiteboard kind of guy yeah i can imagine he's just up all night um coming up with all I'm, i'm sure since cmc has got here his playbook he's got i'm sure he's got i don't know how he does it now if he has actual playbooks or if it's just uh his um notepad or whatever yeah. but um, i'm sure he just has hundreds of plays um loaded locked and loaded with this um alignment of players that he has now it's 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 an embarrassment of riches
3: there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed
4: Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No
0: refund. Subscription auto renews. So go- going back to last year, because again, they really overachieved last year and damn near made the Super Bowl. Um th- like this year's team, in if you were just to compare, like this year's team is, is much better. And and we don't have the injuries except for at QB1 and QB two. Um but again, like the I'm not saying Kyle may feel like this is like the urgent moment, like he's got to get it done, or or else they're never getting it done. That's not mm-hmm. what I mean. But no, no. When when you have an opportunity like last year, us fans can look at that team and go, "Damn, they they got as far as humanly possible, right? Like they overachieved. They played so well down the stretch. They won tight games." And then you go into L.A., L.A. wins the Super Bowl and you have those guys, you know, right there for for the taking. And and it doesn't happen. And this year, it's sort of the other way around. I think teams coming into San Francisco are going to sort of feel kind of how we felt last year, like, oh, man, everything is sort of, you know, it's all house money from here on out. And there's a little bit of pressure in that. And we saw that as 49er fans going back to the 80s where. The Niners were always the favorite, it seemed, no matter where they were in the in the tournament. And you can take that all the way up until, you know, 92, 93, 94, where Dallas had finally caught up. But from, like, 1981 all the way through, they were always kind of the favorite. Like, I think Chris Berman, like, picked them and the Buffalo Bills to be in the Super Bowl for, like, 15 straight years or something yeah. like that, kind mm-hmm. of as a joke. But it almost feels like we're back to that moment where, man, they're the ones with the big targets on them. And it's, it's just so weird because there isn't a Joe Montana and there isn't a Steve young. There's not even a Colin Kaepernick. It's this young kid who's, you know, who's making able to make plays. And it seems like Shanahan feels really comfortable with dialing up, you know, even things that you would, that you would dial up for, for the, the most savvy veteran quarterback and, I just, you know, I, I sort of look at it as he's Sh- Shanahan has got to be almost giddy with the idea that if we can actually run these plays, how they are supposed to be run, the uh, the options are endless. What we can do is endless. And uh, just, you know, for him, it's got to be, like I said, in, in the thing, it's got to be a dream. And I'm, I'm happy for him because, you know, now every offensive football coach wants the opportunity to uh, to do as as much as they can, as much as the creativity that he has. Now
1: he's got all the pieces, and it's got to be a blast for him. It, that's, a, that's an interesting analogy that you make, because actually I think it's the reverse. I, I agree 100% with your read on it, but those teams, you know, let's say from – 84 mm-hmm. on the offense was kind of fixed. You kind of knew what you were going to get from the offense. And those years that we lost, if we didn't win, it wasn't because of the offense, it was because the defense just couldn't, for whatever reason, hold up its end of the bargain. And those years where we won it, those defenses were lights out. Mm-hmm. Um, this team is kind of different. And and that's weird because the offense has been stellar since we got CMC, but the defense is the bellwether. You you pretty much know what you're gonna get from them. And you know, Dominique Foxworth said um about a week ago, and it's funny that the 49ers are one of the one of the only team, he said it's the only team in the league where when you go three and out and you punt, you're like, "Ooh, defense is <laughs> defense is coming back on the field. Something, you know, something good might happen. You know, we led the league in um, turnovers, yeah. And it's just such a, a, a impactful unit that um, a punt is not a bad thing. And quite often, something good can happen with the defense on the field. And most teams, it's not like that. You're trying to get the ball back to your offense to yeah. make something happen." But since c m c has got here, the offense has you know because we was out there training camp all year, and the defense was way ahead of the offense, yeah. all off season, and at this point, you know, we've kind of caught up and when you i believe that would have been our hope that if the offense could be anywhere level with the defense, we would be a pretty formidable outfit and lo and behold we've gotten there um this this offense is you know like i say ever since and credit to brock for keeping it rolling yeah. but cmc really is the turning point in this season his addition even when jimmy was there um i think we remarked when he got here the K- kansas city um game aside you could really see where CMC was the kind of player that um, he was the exact kind of player that would um, lend himself to, to making Jimmy much more comfortable. because yes. He was going to be always be there. Um, if everything broke down, he could just check it down. <clears throat> Pardon me. And um, CMC could get him out of trouble. Um, so that was the case. And even moving forward, you know, there were a couple of times even this game that that has been to me his his um mobility, which I don't, you know, him and this kind of that rolling out to the left thing is you know getting kind of played out. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to, you know, we need to do something. That, that that's a coaching point. <laughs> but um other than you know, he is mobile and his willingness <laughs> um, to look deep has really been a revelation. There were a couple of times where actually that, you know, he was a bit too aggressive, which I'm not, you know, I'm not going to fault the guy after, you know, six years of Jimmy, you're not gonna hear me <laughs> ever fault anybody for, you know, pre- pressing it down the field rather than <laughs> taking the check down. Um, but there were a couple, couple of opportunities where, you know, he had Debo at, at in the intermediate, but, he was trying to he was trying to, to go for the dagger, which is you know props to him um so yeah it, it's it has been and even within his struggles today um he played through them, which is you know awesome, which is all I've been saying all along with the irrational exuberance with Brock is please, 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 because i i I've seen this show. I've been a Niner fan, you know, since 81. So I know how you guys do. How you do is you're going to pump him up (laughs) with all these expectations, and then he's not going to be the second coming of Joe Montana, and then you're going to poop on him because he didn't live up to your expectations. That's not fair. He is still a rookie. He's played well. It's his eighth game. He's going to have valleys. He's going to yeah. have plateaus where the, the level that he's played at these past seven games or eight games is not who he is. So don't set those such a high bar of expectations to where you feel let down or disappointed when he struggles, because he's going to struggle. They all struggle. Um, you know, so, that's fine, and he played through it, and he had a wonderful second half, which is great to see. Okay, and, you know we'll, we'll
0: have a we'll have a whole other segment on, on Brock because I, I want to yeah. dig deeper into Brock and grade his first performance. So let me—I want to ask you almost the same question, but in a slightly different way, and then we'll move on. So my 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 point was was, and I probably didn't explain it well enough, but if we were back in early two thousands. 2002 Buccaneers, 2000 Ravens. This 49er defense could win them the championship all by themselves. You could have, we could bring Trent Dilfer back from whatever quarterback, uh, quarterback uh, coach, he, you know, coaching job he's at mm-hmm. and put him behind and say, just hand the ball off. We can win because the defense is so talented, but football has changed so much in the last 20 years to where it is so much more of an offensive game. And Shanahan, as an offensive coach, I feel like he really wants to show that he's got, you know, he is the an offensive genius. He's got all of this creativity. He knows football from A to Z, offense and defense. And thus it's time to show it in the on the biggest stage in these next four weeks. And get to the big dance, and then show. Hey, McVay showed it. I, I, I you know, I, I can show it. This is what football is, and now I have all the tools. That was mo- that. That's kind of where I was getting. And because I agree with you, the, the defense is is has been the identity for the team. But ultimately, and we saw some of that today because of how football is played. There are ways to counter the aggression, and you know. Uh, twenty years ago if uh if uh our guy Gino slides and and is hit by Jimmy Ward, that probably isn't a penalty and today it is, so it's just mm-hmm. differences so it's more or less shanahan you know deserving uh, coming in as sort of boy wonder and now be you know wanting to fulfill all all of what was expected of him
1: absolutely because you're one hundred percent right thirteen ten doesn't you're not gonna get goes you know, like those you talk about those Baltimore Raven teams that hold you to, you know, 10 points. That that just doesn't exist in you know today. Um even today, our defense, you know, we played really well and they the Seahawks put up 23 points yeah. just based on the limitations on when when you talk about a dom, dominant defense in air quotes, they they are playing under a rule set that ties their hands in so many ways that even when you're playing well, um, there are going to be opportunities for the offense because the defense can only do so much um, to limit them um, just by rule. So, yeah, um, the offense has to – carry the day and you know like you say this is a perfect opportunity for Kyle to show that um that not only can he put together an MVP regular season um not only can he get to a Super Bowl with a a Jimmy Garoppolo level quarterback that even with his third string quarterback I mean this would be his crowning achievement if he could bring it all the way home unprecedented with, with a third string quarterback. Come on.
0: I mean, Come I can, on. I can even, th- I, I can only think of a few occasions where the backup quarterback goes to win a title. Right. Doug Williams, mm-hmm. uh, heroically with, with the reds, um, formerly Redskins and mm-hmm. uh, now the commanders, uh, Jeff, Haas. Jeff Hostetler. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he did as well. That was a that was a sad year for us, yeah. but um, but yeah. So you know, a third stringer, man, that is really unprecedented. Um, and I guess uh, I, I can't remember if Kurt Warner won it in his first. Uh, he, he may have won it when uh, Trent Green went down really yes. early. Yeah. So that would be another. Um, okay. So let, let's talk about my favorite part of this entire game, Debo. All the frustration he had this season from you know, the, the contract to the injury to, uh, you know, a lot of the focus on, on the defense being on him and they're trying to stop a lot of this stuff out of the backfield. He had a hell of a game. He and Christian together are a one-two punch like we have not seen in a very, very long time. And that is almost disrespectful to Kittle, to huh. Ayuk, because... They they're three and four, even though they could be anybody else's one, you know, one or two. So I just think it's it's uh, it was so great to see Debo put it all together today. You you could tell that uh, Shanahan was, was going to showcase like first first play of the game, I think, is a, is a carry outside to, to Debo. And he I think he was untouched for like 14 yards or something before he finally got pushed out of bounds. And then Christian goes 68 yards down the sideline. So there was a clear intent of, you know, we're utilizing our our, our game breakers here. And and man, it was so fun to watch. Then Debo takes that, uh, the short pass for uh, on a very needed third down where he fingertips the catch. Uh, and then he took that other one to the house. So what a fantastic game for this guy. It was so great to see him. And, you know, Christian had just as good of a game but maybe is a, is a little bit in Debo's shadow just because you know you could also say and we we we've, we've we've had it in the chat here I'll, I'll pull up the 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 note here in the chat but he was like the inspirational leader today too because the 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 db for the seahawks kind of tugs at his ankle and debo gets pissed and from that point on like you could tell the 49ers had a, a lot more of an edge to them it's and
1: i'm like Taking nothing away from Christian because he runs hard too, yeah, and he has the ability to make plays that, um, like gets his team get his gets his teammates hype as well. But there's just something about a Devo carry that, um, his teammates really just seem to feed off of, you know, because it's and it's it's got to be the fact that it's it's the combination of both the speed and the power, because he can, you know, we saw he, it was the full package of Debo today. He ran over guys, he ran away from guys. And then, you know, from my little limited coaching, when you know, you know, you got a special team. I always coached offensive line and it was, you knew when a team was going to be special when you got Everybody out there blocking for everybody else when the backs were blocking, when the receivers were blocking, and you know, everybody's feeding off of everybody else, not only making um plays with the ball, but making plays off the ball. And you could see that with um, Iuke on the, the long Debo run where he's out there, he's got um, um, woolen just pent up, and um, Debo sees it, and um, that you know, that block. Broke the run. Um, it was it, it's it's beautiful to see, and you know, Debo is just he's a, he's a he's a catalyst and a um, a a um, difference maker. Just just flat out a difference maker.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I guess I would say the and because we're, we're gonna talk about we'll talk about Purdy right now, but. Having Debo at full strength, uh, Christian, crossing my fingers here, Christian has been, you know, he's, he's he's had a couple dings here and there. But in order for all of this to work, in order for the third string quarterback to, to be able to play well, the other pieces have to work, offensive line included. Um, and And having Debo be playoff Debo, like Shelvin says, our brother Shelvin, that was so paramount to me because i was i was slightly worried about that that injury cuz that, that that was a scary injury that we saw in that game and i was like man if he's even close to his top shelf self this is going to be such a boon for the offense and it was and uh, and just yeah fa- fantastic stuff all right let's talk about our guy Brock Purdy i want you to grade Brock Purdy's first playoff game which may even just be a tail of two halves here.
1: Yeah. It 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 has to be. Um because I'm gonna to be honest, I would give him great on a curve C minus in the first <laughs> in the first half and then definitely a B plus in the second half. Um, so, like you say, it was definitely a tale of two halves. Um, it's just, and in, in, it, it's in the development of a young quarterback. It's good to see you. You want to see him. I mean, you don't want to see him struggle. I don't mean it like that, but you understand that they're going to struggle. But then the question becomes, what happens next? okay you're struggling do you just go into a shell he doesn't seem to have that in him you know he just you know keeps shooting yeah. and um that's that that's a that resilience is a um I don't think you can teach that I, I just I think that is something that's born out of um experience and it's something that you you just have and he seems to have it um which is a it's a a great thing to see. And, um, again, he's just, he's so aggressive. Um, I, the whole rollout thing is kind of problematic. And then he's also kind of loose when the, with the ball when he's doing all that. Yeah. Um, That scares me the most. (laughs) So, um, that just, because as we see, Playoff teams are a different thing. Even a team like Seattle, mm-hmm. who just barely made the playoffs. But you're all of these teams that we're going to play from here on out are just the best of the best in the league. And, you know, the margins are going to be so much slimmer that um, penalties, turnovers, yeah. and that's the big thing that since he's taken it over, he's been played relatively clean games and if we're going to make a run that definitely that needs to continue we're not going to be able to turn the ball over um, a bunch because it takes opportunities away from the offense and just gives other teams more chances and then as we saw last year with the rams which is kind of different because the big difference to me between this year and last year is by the time we got to the end now, granted, I know still we're, we're healthier than we've been all year, but let's yeah. be real. Nobody's healthy no. at this time of year, but we're not, you know, sending guys out there with bubble gum and bail and mm-hmm. wire, to yeah. hold them together, trying yeah, to Trent, make
0: it- Trent was like barely able to walk. <laughs> he was Had football. no
1: business out there playing. Yeah. Um, you know, but who's going to tell him that if he says he can go, um, who's going to tell him, no, no big fella, you, you know, we'd rather have Colton McKibbitts out there. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just not, you know, so it's, it's, it's great. And when we're able to to have a game script, where we're able to get those guys moving forward and running the ball and having that be the basis of what we're doing. It's just a different thing. We're a different team. Um if we're dropping back 40 times and yeah. having Mac pass setting 40 times in a game, that's just, it's not, that's not good for anybody. So um, it's, it's great that we're healthier than we've been in the playoffs in the past few years and our offensive line is playing better. And just hopefully we can try to get our defensive line going sooner in games because it just it creates problems. You know, people shit on the excuse you know, poop on the, the second <laughs> the secondary, but our scheme is front seven back. And if we're not getting pressure, it puts our secondary in a bind. Yeah. It's it's just simply not set up for them to be carrying guys three and four seconds. The the coverage schemes are set up for, uh, for the pressure to be quick. And so they need to be in phase for two, two or and a half seconds. And by then the quarterback should be heated up and have to get the ball out of his hands. And if that's not the case, they're going to be soft, spots in the secondary where those guys are going to be able to sit down and get picked apart. So, yeah, this was, you know, Kyle is going to have, like last week, it was, you know, a good win, but there's plenty, there's plenty of coaching points coming out of this game. So I know that's what coaches like. They like to be able to beat them up (laughs) even in a win. So I think –
0: Brock had had his opportunities in the first half. Some of it was him missing him. Like he missed Debo on that crossing route and he tried to go deep to Ayuk, and Ayuk kind of gave up on the route at the end mm-hmm. there. That was an easy 40 yard play to Debo and Debo could possibly turn the jets on to get in the, in the, in the mm-hmm. end zone. But there were other opportunities there for him, um, Obviously, if I, I, this is the the time where I kind of wish I was there so I could see you know, you go to a game and you can kind of see things develop, whereas mm-hmm. you can't really see it on TV. But I believe that Shanahan, like had things open for for Brock and he just wasn't hitting you you saw we saw him go there there was a couple opportunities where it reminded me a little bit of the Raider game where we talked about the Raider game where the linebackers were kind of forcing. Or tricking Brock into into throwing into tight windows, and there was a moment in in this game where the the linebacker gets a piece of the ball, and if he doesn't, Brock had thrown it behind. I think it was Jennings and mm-hmm. the receiver. I mean, the DB would have picked that off if yeah. if, if it didn't get deflected. There were mm-hmm. other moments like where's that one quick read? The, the Jimmy plays, the, the plays that Garoppolo is so great on is with that one read. Boom, you hit him. Brock was not on, on those throws today. Um, And so I think there were opportunities that Kyle had sort of developed for him that he just missed. And I think if we play this first half again and Brock kind of, you know, he had to go through the jitters, he had to go through the excitement. He had to calm his nerves. The, The 49ers probably score, you know, Uh, at least another touchdown, but uh, you know, they could, they, they were turning, you know, sevens into threes. Uh, But in the second half, he was, he felt like he was more comfortable and letting things develop. And also in the second half, I think that Seattle defense was pretty tired by that because, you know, he had so much time, uh, you know, he was running around in the back kind of like a, uh, like a college quarterback in a sense. We're just trying to create time to keep plays going. And he even had that one where uh, he had Ayuk in the corner and Ayuk catches it, but he looks at his feet and takes his eye mm-hmm. off the ball and he drops it. But and that he gets was, blasted. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> what You want You want Josh running out there as QB1 <laughs> next week? You want to make this even harder on Shanahan? So, the, so I think he settled down his nerves. Shanahan – was still confident in him and that he kept calling those, the, those uh, pass plays. Cause you know, it would have been very easy. And we saw this with Jimmy last year where Jimmy only that green Bay game. How many times did Jimmy throw in the snow? Like barely any, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's cause they were like, okay, we're just going to run the ball. It's, it's the bad weather. But I think he treats Brock a, a little bit more like, like, like the gunslinger who he is. And he sort of respects that like you do. And you can't keep that that guy bottled up because if you ask him to play the Jimmy game, he's probably a little bit more predictable and, and he's not able to create and, and go off like he did. And that's the thing. That
1: was the thing early was that um, Kyle, I thought, did a great job of giving him a bunch of layups. And that was the thing is early on he was missing layups on his first four throws literally all of them were off target. Um, and again, he's a rookie. Um, this is his first playoff game. So it stands to reason that he might be a little juiced up. you know. His, his first pass was like an Ephus pitch. Yeah, <laughs> he I mean, went right up and
0: came right <laughs> back down.
1: Yeah, so, and, and I mean, that is understandable. I can't imagine, I mean, again, that's one of the things that, has held him in good stead is that he played a bunch of college football, but I can't, I, I, I imagine this was the biggest football game of his career, of his career, of his and life. Next, and next week will be the biggest one as well. Yeah. So, and so this is, and he's learning how to, I mean, cause that's a, you know, obviously I've never played any sport at this level, but at whatever level I've played at, You know, tournament type situations in golf or boxing. Learning how to deal with those emotions is—it's a real thing. You have to learn how to either, either you're super nervous or you're super just jacked up, and either way, either one of them can lead to bad things if you don't—if you can't calm yourself and get you know just level out, and so. Again, he's learning on the fly and he did a great job once he settled down. I mean, so yeah, that and, and I'm sure he'll have to go through that same procedure next week and hopefully the week after that and the week after that. Um, but yeah. Um I still I, I do I know how he's going to play Every game moving forward, no, I don't. But I have confidence in him. I, you know, I because anybody can have a bad game, mm-hmm. you know, in <clears throat> regular game and in big spots. So if he were to have a poor game, it's not. I. I that's what's so frustrating me about this social media era mm-hmm. is every game is like a um, um, referendum <laughs> on player x that was you know. steve
0: young's career until
1: he won the super bowl exactly every single game either you know if he played well well yeah but if he didn't play well oh he's yeah, yeah oh, he's, it, if, if, he, if he played well it was <laughs> oh well of course he's got rice he's got taylor <laughs> exactly and then if he didn't then he's like see he's not montana he's not that was Joe. his entire career <laughs> exactly exactly so um but Again, it's it's so amplified because there wasn't a Twitter while, yeah. <laughs> for Steve Young, yeah. but yeah, you're 100 percent correct. Um, so it's this is like you said, there's nothing new under the sun, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's it. This is this is just. This is a wild ride. We're, we're at 11 straight. Come on, man. This is crazy. <laughs> All right, so ultimately,
0: uh he goes 18 of 30 for 332 yards, three touchdowns. My favorite play was him coming back to Mitchell on uh, on the, the touchdown. Great play. Great play uh and, you know, we're we're grading him a little tougher. I think, you know, probably more of the national media would go what? He, uh, he's they, they put up 41 and, and beat him by almost 20 points. It's an automatic A, plus. but yeah, we're a little yeah. tough because we're watching yeah. every single mm-hmm. snap of every yeah. single game. Okay, let's get to the MVP before we get to the end, which is kind of how the playoff situation is going to work for the next game.
1: So, who is the player of the game for you? This was tough for me because one player had the volume and then the other player, but even in his volume, it's not like he didn't make big plays. He did make big plays, but this other guy did not make maybe as many plays, but they were very impactful. So I went with Debo, but if you wanted to go CMC, Mm -hmm. I had no, I mean, I, I, I had no argument. So that was just how I did it. I'm with you. He was my guy too.
0: I think I think he, like I said, he was the not only from the output, I thought he made the, the biggest plays, but he was also kind of like that inspirational um guy behind you know that his team wanted to protect him, man. And he got in the face uh of of whoever the D B was. There was another. Another time when I think he went nose to nose with with somebody you saw Shanahan out there screaming at the ref for that BS They They were out saying like, look, this is our guy and we're going to protect our guy. And that's how they see him, which is, uh, which is great because he's inspirational leader and also the, the, the player of the game for me. Uh, Okay. Now let's look at, uh, This, the way that this thing goes, so I I have to pull up, uh, I believe it was Kawakami who tweeted out the playoff situation. So I'll pull it up here. Okay, so Kawakami wrote, if the Vikings win, they will play the 49ers and it will probably be on Saturday. But if the Giants win... Then the 49ers get the Dallas Tampa Bay winner, and that would probably be on Sunday. So I don't I, I, I don't even know who I would favor between the Vikings and the Giants because all year long the Vikings have been kind of a, a a magician in 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 how they're winning some of these games. But if you had to choose, which one of those three teams would you like to see come to Santa Clara?
1: And uh, and play the 49ers if I had to pick, yes, it would be the Vikings oh. because their defense is trash. Their offense, you know, Justin Jefferson can make some big things happen, but give me Kirk, give me that awful defense. I, I, th- I that would be the I, because honestly, the only team in our side of the bracket that gives me any pause at all is if somehow Philadelphia is able to reconstitute themselves and be any kind of version of their healthy self because they can run the rock um, when their offensive line is fully formed. And if Jalen is, if they can deploy him the way he was deployed the um, first 14 weeks of the season, he is a legitimate concern. (laughs) Um, But other than that, all the rest of those teams are flawed. And the Vikings to me are, you know, they had a great record, but you know, their point differential tells me everything yeah. I need to know. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely love to see them, but any of those other, I mean, we saw who the Cowboys are in Washington, yes. last week, and Tampa has been playing on borrowed time <laughs> all season. I don't, you know, the fact that they're even in the playoffs <laughs> is, um, <laughs> <laughs> is is just a, a testament to the weakness of the NFC south um the, the ineptitude of the NFC South. Um, so, yeah, how about you?
0: I think uh, obviously, I agree with you that Minnesota is definitely a paper tiger. We've been talking about this uh, pretty much throughout the year about how their their point differential is just ridiculous for a, a team that wins as many games as they do the 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 Cowboys are probably the most talented. They are also not fantastically coached. And right around this time, they, they, uh, you know, they usually get beat. What's wrong with Dak? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I I mean, how did, how did the Niners beat? They should have beat the Niners last year and the Niners beat them.
1: I mean, he is just making inexplicable decisions. I mean, it's like, he's, you know Dan Orlovsky did an excellent job throughout the week on NFL Live highlighting the, you know like the four or five throws against Washington that a player of his caliber you just can't make that throw and you know it's like what are what is you know I'm not the X and O guy that Orlovsky is but you mm-hmm. know he was able to break down as a quarterback there's no way that you can look at that and make the decision that you made. It's just, it's that of all of the options, the one you made, he made was the last one you would make. (laughs) Um, And you know, he's, he's been better than this. It's not like, it's not like Dak is, you know, you know, he's getting a lot, got a lot of stuff for the amount of money he made, but you know, you don't hate the player, hate that's, the game. That's I mean, that's the league. That's yeah. That's not his fault. But he he is a is he a top five quarterback? No, but he's definitely a top ten quarterback. Yeah. Um. And he but he's playing poorly. And yeah. I mean anybody can. But they, I, if he plays the way he played the last three weeks, they might not beat Tampa.
0: Well, I have a I have a little bit of a of a tip here. If anybody is a subscriber to the athletic. What I usually do during the playoffs for all of my sports teams is I immediately subscribe to the other team. So I can read what their hometown beat writers think about their team. Cause that's usually you get a little bit of a closer look than sort of the national right. um, story and narrative of because a team. Because They see
1: them every day. Right. Watching they
0: the, they're watching everything. And so I kind of wonder for, for Dak is like, Obviously he had that horrendous ankle injury uh, that he's had to come back from. And he's got this, I, I don't think his contract is an albatross, but the fact that that, that fan base mm-hmm. expects him to be, you know, the second coming of, uh, of, I, they probably even think that he should be better than, you know, someone like Troy Aikman because of how much money he gets paid. But so there's a lot to, there's a lot for him to kind of live up to in that media market for football um and you know who knows he may be trying to be you know do things that he's that there's not under his control or that he cannot control uh, mm-hmm. but what if we do play the cowboys um at some point uh, uh you know that 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 would be my trick is to go read all the stories from the season about questions and why and because that the, the beat writers are on the ground there and they're they're figuring stuff out
1: well i'm um, just shortly i i I'm rooting for the Cowboys because if by some miracle we play them, it would be here. So that's why it'd be an NFC title game. Right. Right. So I, I, they have, they were the team I was rooting for until they, you know, they put that stinker out there against Washington. (laughs) Um, after stating to the whole world, they were playing their players and they were trying to win the game because at that point they didn't know whether or not Philadelphia, what they were going to do. So the division and the number one seed were still all out there in front of them and they just laid an egg. So I don't know, maybe that'll spur them on to some sort of blowout performance against Tampa. And then we're, you know, we're right back in the saddle again, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to, gonna follow that um tip and go to the athletic and subscribe to all those other teams yeah i got
0: to read i got to read about seattle their their beat writers did not believe that they were going to win this game (laughs) um but they were sort of just like hey like you know who would have thought that we've even been here who would have thought that house money would have had this great season (laughs) and he did you can't take anything away from not at all he he had a fantastic season okay so uh, all that said who would i who would i want to play this this might be a, a little bit um naive of me just because of 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 Brady but i kind of want to play the bucks because when we played them here earlier in the season there was a clear talent discrepancy on the field man to man and uh Brady is Brady probably means you know something he he definitely the just the the idea that if the game is close, you know, you got one of the best clutch 100%. players in the history of the NFL to, to come back. But I don't even think the Niners would make it really <laughs> close unless they just played a a, a, a dog, you know, a, a, a dog shit game. But, um, so that would be my pick, but you know, Minnesota, like you said, is pretty flawed and they would normally get beat up by a team like ours. In that sense, uh, Jefferson scares me. I, I'm not going to lie, especially cause, uh, you know mooney struggled today after really doing such a great job uh in, in the previous two games um but yeah so that's a, but that that's my pick um all right so yeah actually john john uh corrected me we we would get dallas next week if da- if dallas beats tampa and the giants that's play, right because so.
1: the, the eagles get the lowest remaining right. seed okay so
0: um Yeah, so that is it. So we we will have another podcast for this season. And not at least one, at least one. And, you know, I kind of feel good about about this hat and this sweatshirt. So uh, you'll see it next week as well. Big city, baby. (laughs) There you go. Big city. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, thanks to all the people who were checking in with us. Uh, Of course, our brother Shelvin, uh, my my buddy, uh, Brian Ruano. Mount Pleasant represent Uh, John Quinn. Thanks to all. And I think there was somebody else in here earlier. My my buddy Randy was in here. And then Deborah Maxwell was also in here. So thank you to all the folks watching live. Rod and I will be back next week, Saturday or Sunday, depending on when the game is. And uh, we'll be ready to discuss uh, 49ers, hopefully in in, in a good mood as well, like today. But, uh, you know, NFL tournament is, is a hard one so get your you know all of the things that that uh all all the things that you normally do during these last uh 11 games and the 49ers have been winning let's keep doing them so all right for rod i'm double g we'll see you when
4: we see you peace out this is andrew Rotondi from the bronx pinstripe show in case you didn't know the show you're listening to right now as well as my podcast is part of the blue wire podcast network BlueWire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, BlueWire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, BlueWire has privately raised over $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and business operations. Now, they are raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's an amazing platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. So in other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you'd like to be part of the BlueWire Investment Round or just want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com bluewire. Again, wefunder.com slash blue wire.